All right, here we go. Welcome to the Woodward's Filmcast with Mitch Abba and Colin Ward. Let's go and make the greatest movie ever. Yeah. All right. Camera. What the hell is going on? What a piece of junk. That's really not the case here. This is a great script. Look, here's the mic. Now you talk, toys. Here's your host, Kale Davidoff. Guys, we're going to need to start off the show discussing a huge missed opportunity by yours truly. Um, I know I rarely screw up, but this was one of those where uh, I really dropped the ball. Um, we'll, we'll get to that, but I, by first, it's been such a long time. Uh, let's do some introductions with, with everyone and what, you, what we're doing here. Because when was the last time we were all three together? What movie was it? It was the Wards. It was the Wards. Holy shit! Really? Yeah. Before the that Oscar, was Oscar. That was Oscar weekend. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? Well, Colin, I'm glad you asked. This is the Woodwards Filmcast, your Detroit podcast for TV and film news and discussion. Um, it is a Detroit podcast, but I am going to be coming you from. I'm going to be coming to you guys from Los Angeles. For uh, an indefinite uh, period of time, but you guys are still out there in Michigan. How is how is uh, Detroit doing? Uh, pretty good. I mean, it's warm today, which is nice. There you go. People are out and about. Um, although all of our sports teams are now shitty, so thanks a lot. Well, the Tigers are, are winning at the moment. <laughs> are they play um, a few games now. <laughs> yeah, it's a young season, but they look good. Um, uh, I'm Kale. I'm here every week. We try to come to you every week with my friends, Mitch, and Colin, (laughs) and me and Mitch and Colin. We get together and we come at you with uh, reviews of the latest uh, and greatest, and sometimes not greatest films that are out there in theaters. We have the long discussions about them. At the end of the show, we'll give you some uh, video on demand recommendations. This week, we've got a jam-packed show for you because we're doing two movies. We're We're doing some catch up. We're going to talk about Beauty and the Beast, and we're going to talk about Get Out. Uh, and we'll get to that in a little bit, but before we get there, we'll talk about some news that's out there in the film and TV world. First, I want to talk about my big mistake, guys. Not, I mean, I don't know if it's a mistake, but it's definitely a missed opportunity. Um, which one? Which one? <laughs> Are you guys watching Detroiters? Yeah, I am. No. Colin? Got no. picked up for its second season. It did get picked up for its second season. Um... I started like, a few weeks ago. I, this was the first weekend of the NCAA tournament, so that was like almost a month ago. And I, uh, I was watching. I just decided I was like, I'm gonna catch up. And I watched like all the five episodes that were out that week in one night. Like I couldn't stop watching it. And I thought to myself, man, you know, I'm in LA. I'm sure like Sam Richardson's out here somewhere. I was really thinking. I was like, wouldn't it be cool if I could like set up an interview or like you know, talk to him about it. And like, we do that on the podcast and I'm not discounting that, that possibility could still exist. But that weekend, as you may have seen on the Facebook and the Instagram and the Twitter, I ran into him at a bar. Yeah, we saw. And I made a, I made a complete <laughs> idiot out of myself. You know, I had had a few Miller lights and some green beer. Ew. Uh, and uh, I, I went, <laughs> yeah, that would I went up to him. A complete fool out of yourself for those. Yeah. What'd you say? Complete fool out of yourself for drinking green beer, yeah. And Miller Lite. <laughs> well, look, first of all, 
it's warm there. I get it. You want something light that tastes metallic, well, so you don't feel. Well, it's not shitty. only that. It's just it's cheap. Like the beer here is like you you, you get a Corona. It's nine dollars. Yeah. So to get a to get a large draft Miller Light, uh, for for like five is is a steal and a deal. Anyways, I went up to him and I was just smiling ear to ear, and I just kept going off about how I I couldn't stop watching the show and how it's awesome and how everyone in Detroit loves it and like I told him about I'm just expressing my gratitude for like they're actually shooting it there and there's no incentive and that's amazing. And he was just kind of like staring at me and he puts his hand out after like I talked for like two minutes. He was like, I'm Sam. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. like, I know who you are. <laughs> uh, it was really dumb. We got a picture. And then I went downstairs and told my friend who actually worked on the pilot that he was there. And she ran up and apparently made a big fool of herself as well. So it was just a big, stupid Detroit love fest in this bar in Los Feliz uh, that night. Ooh, which, uh, which but, bar? Uh, public House. Oh, what bar isn't called Public House nowadays? Am I right? <laughs> oh, I, I, know. I went to one that? in Miami and it was called Public House. Huh, there's one right over here in Chicago. Ferndale. <laughs> um, anyways, so, so Mitch, you're watching Detroiters. Do you love it like I do? Yeah, I do really, really like it. Um, it's funny. Uh, it's weird. Um, it, it's pretty exciting. You know, uh, you know I frequent uh, Planet Ant a lot. And yeah. um, they're, everyone's really excited. So, like, my teacher, a couple of my teachers, my improv teachers have been in the, the show. And, like, the, no bar, shit. the bartenders, um, the huh. one, you know, the guy who, who goes in and he's like, hey, we're going to get, <laughs> can I get uh, two beers? And later we got to go to Myers and get some chips and pop. It was like in the second or third <laughs> episode. That's, what, that's Sean Hanlon. He's one of my teachers at one point. So, that's really cool. Yeah, so and the the bartender Quentin Hicks when he's like he's like I'll poop anywhere you want just let me know <laughs> or whatever <laughs> <laughs> anytime any place. Um, I'm just continually shocked about how Detroit the show is and like there's running jokes in, within episodes that like you would not get if you were not from Detroit and I kind of am surprised about how successful it's been on Comedy Central, yeah. considering. It seems to be targeting a very specific audience. Yeah, it it does have me worried though, because um, sometimes the references get a little out of control. It's like nobody's gonna like, get that. You like know? what's what's one that you? I don't know. Well, a lot of a lot of like the the um, like the product placement, like the Better Made and the yeah. you know, Fago and stuff and Inverners. Like I I don't think people in other states and cities know Verners very well. I mean, they drink Canada, right. Canada Dryer Schweppes, so. Right. Yeah. And there's this, like, big running joke in one episode about how far Lake Orion is from Detroit. Right. Like, uh, I, did, so... I didn't really like that one. That one was funny. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, there's just shit like like Mort Krim. I can't get over this. Mort Krim, who, you know, used to be uh, WDIV Detroit radio host for years, mm-hmm. retired when we were young. I mean, I can't believe he is like in the show and a character like i don't what yeah. i mean is like he's in every episode yeah he plays the newscaster on the tv it's, it's just shit like that is unbelievable to me it's just it's so ridiculously detroit and i i love it i mean there's this scene where they they make uh coney dog benedicts mm-hmm. for breakfast mm. it's just so stupid yeah it's great a lot I of a lot of things about coney's are pretty funny he's like how many coney's did you have today he's like 
two. He's like, well, there's the problem. You're starving. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite joke of the whole thing, and and Colin, I know you haven't seen it, so we'll cut this short, but my favorite joke of the whole thing is uh, there's a scene where there's these these new... um, a new startup workers, company yeah. moves in on top of them in their in their office building from Denver. And the first day they they go up to uh, they go up to them and say, "Hey, uh, there's this restaurant on Gratiot. It's a 15 minute walk." No, they go. <laughs> I ruined it. They go. There's this there's this restaurant on Gratiot. Is that safe? And they're like, "Oh yeah, it's not a war zone. It's just Detroit." And they go, "Oh okay, it's a 15 minute walk." And they both go, "Walk? Are you crazy?" Yeah, <laughs> drive. I've had Absolutely that conversation with drive. so many out of towners in yeah. my time, and it was just really spot on and hilarious. Yeah. Keep your head up. Don't get off your phone. Keep your head above you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really good, really good. So I, I definitely, I mean, I guess that's probably my recommendation for the week. But uh, I'm, I'm really loving Detroiters, and season finale is Tuesday, and, and like you said, uh, Mitch, it has been picked up for a second season. Yeah, Which, it's uh, exciting. And as far as I know, I mm-hmm. think they're going to continue to do it in Detroit. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I think they are. So, yeah, it is exciting. Yeah, there's a lot of people who are in it who live in Detroit and stuff. And you know, Oh, yeah. They, there's, yeah. Yeah. So. Pretty amazing. I'm, ex- I'm, ex- I'm excited to see more. Um, let's talk about some news. Uh, let's talk about some tone deafness. Tone deaf. <laughs> Which I, I, I'm going to kind of lump these together. Um, let's let's first start with. So, did anyone see Ghost in the Shell? No. No. I didn't. Did, I, I I thought about it, but then, like, things started pouring in, and I was just kind of not not into it anymore. Is anyone watching uh, Marvel's Iron Fist on Netflix? No. No. I heard that no. was terrible. So. Um. I'm not watching will, any I, dramas on TV lately. Just how it is. Yeah, I've I've watched uh, the first three or four episodes of Iron Fist, and I'm 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 a, I'm a big Marvel guy. You guys know that. Everyone knows that. I've loved Jessica Jones. I love Daredevil. Um, I I really enjoyed Luke Cage. I can't believe honestly just how boring Iron Fist is. Like it's just there's just nothing there. I, I don't know. It's very bizarre. Interesting. Hmm. But I I. I Pick these two, and now even though Iron Fist, I guess, was like one of the most watched Netflix openers of all time or something, but it's been getting a lot of criticism, and and part of the reason both of these uh, properties, I mean, granted, Iron Fist in the comics is not an Asian character, but there was this big push for the Iron Fist to be Asian, and in Ghost in the Shell, of course, is an anime, and the character is, is possibly, I guess, supposedly Asian. I've never seen Ghost in the Shell, but Japanese. My point is, my point is, these were two whitewashed movies and TV shows that, you know, Ghost in the Shell bombed. Iron Fist has been getting terrible reviews, um, and I think it's kind of backlash for some of that. Is, is, do you guys is that is that a big reason you guys think like for example, Ghost in the Shell isn't doing well? I don't think that's the reason why it's doing well. Um, I think it's not doing well ma- mostly because it's a topic that like anime that most people don't give a fuck about Uh, Mm -hmm. pardon pardon my French Uh, but they yeah anime is not popular in the United States except for like a very small demographic of kids and teens and you know comic people Um, right and and so like Ghost in the Shell I think 
I mean, they they tried their hardest to sell that movie with Scarlett Johansson disrobing and looking naked for like a split second, and, ha- <laughs> and having people go, "What? Oh, okay." Like, no, 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 no nipples. It's all right. Um, <laughs> so, I I don't I just don't think people cared about this the subject or cared about the story. So, why see it? Colin, do you, do you have it? Do you think it's just because it's a bad movie, or do you think there's actually like fan backlash for, and and that's why it's been bombing at the box office? No, I don't think it's fan backlash. Um, and I looked in, I like looked up clips, and I actually started watching the anime. Um, oh, cool! Just to check it out, but um, I don't. To me, that character doesn't look Asian. I mean, I don't know if that's right. offensive and that's, to say. That's why I said but supposedly, like, yeah. Right. I was like, oh, that looks like um, white woman <laughs> with with black hair. I mean, that's the one problem with anime is I don't know what of, what people are supposed to look like other than anime characters. You yeah. know, like they or all have the or same or that's look. That's the good thing about anime. Maybe. I mean, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I didn't really understand the backlash. I mean, people were saying it should be an asian person but at the same time you still want to like make money like this is a business like we have right. to make money mm-hmm. like right. scarlett johansson is one of the most successful and bankable stars right um at least maybe right. she yeah. was but um well yeah I, I i don't know i think i know why i haven't seen it is because i don't fully know what it's about and there wasn't it just doesn't look like visually appealing to me as it could be. Yeah. Like I, I think anime, I think like some really like unique things can be done, but it just kind of looks like very low budget to me. Like it didn't excite me. Hmm. And I still yeah, kind of want to see it because I do want to support a female driven action movie. Right. So I probably end, I probably will end up seeing it because I want to support that because I want more of that to be made. But um, it's not like I'm not diving out to see this movie. Right. Well, it'll be interesting when like Atomic Blonde comes out and how that performs. Um, yeah. I think it's just a subject matter. I think if it were any other story that Scarlett Johansson were to uh, were to star in and, and push, uh, it would have done fine. But I think just like people see the title Ghost in the Shell that's a weird title, you know. Uh, and and I, but I think Mitch, this is my point: is that when you're saying it's it's a specific demographic of people, a small demographic of Americans that are into that kind of stuff, and I would agree. And I think that they did not cast to their target audience, like, right? I, I, it's it's like you you make that anime a, a live action film to you know to put Branch that out. property out on marquees and that people that do love that anime want to go see it and i don't know i'm I sure just think, i'm sure that demographic did go see it but it's not enough people to mm-hmm. you know make over 50 million dollars and it didn't you know i think right it didn't i don't know i'm not sure because the, the backlash you hear is from people that in my experience on the internet <laughs> is the backlash you hear is from people that are big fans of the anime, and it's I, I don't I don't know I don't think it's specifically about Scarlett Johansson either. I mean, like Colin, what you're saying about the look of the film. There was also this I don't know if you guys saw this, but like a lot of the concept art got leaked, 
and it looked way different than what ended up on screen and it looked way cooler hmm. like a lot of the concept art and the research that they did to like a lot of research packets came out from the art department um yeah, i just think there was like a misdirection kind of completely yeah. from the start um but I don't know. I think, you know, I, Colin, and your point of wanting to support it, I, I think it sucks that Scarlett Johansson gets this, you know, she basically gets the, uh, you know, the Marvel one-off movie that she deserves yeah. and <laughs> it bombs. Exactly. You know? Yeah. It sucks. I still think if they were to do a Black Widow film, it would do way better than Ghost in the Shell, though. I mean, oh, yeah. Especially I, I, if you have, I don't know like, someone like... For you know, Robert Downey Jr. and other characters appear for short periods of time in it, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I didn't have this down in my notes, but speaking of just female-driven films, I mean, have you guys heard that J- Joss Whedon's doing a Batgirl movie? No. Really? Yeah, and he's doing a Batgirl movie that is not connected to the DCEU, as they call it, the the Batman versus Superman universe. Cool. Why would they Isn't let that-, that go? Why would DC be like... Uh, sure, whatever, take it. That's a great question, Mitch. I, I don't know. I wonder if maybe they're maybe they're considering abandoning the universe that they've created. Please, please do. Well, we I mean, I I think it's kind trailer. of unprecedented that they're like that would be like Marvel, you know, doing a Hulk movie that has nothing to do with Avengers. You know, it's it's a different actor, and it's like you know, I don't know. It's kind of strange that they're doing yeah. that. Hulk on Mars. What's that story? That comic story where he's on Planet Mars? Hulk. Planet Hulk. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I think they should make a movie about that. <laughs> There's some rumors that the next Thor movie might also be Planet Hulk. The you mean the one that's coming out later this year? Or? November. Yeah. That um, November. What a what a release date. Uh, I'm ex- I'm excited for that. I didn't see the Dark World because it didn't look very good to me. Um, but uh, Taika Waititi is directing it. And he said, mm-hmm. you know, he's the one who did Hunt for the Wilder People, and he did a bunch of other stuff. And he's he's great. He's very funny. Um, and I think he's going to inject some much-needed humor into the Thor universe, because it's, re- it's the most ridiculous of them all. Yeah, you know? it should be funny. Yeah. Cate yeah. Blanchett's in it, too. Ooh. And so is uh, Natalie Portman's out, and Tessa Thompson from Creed is in. Oh. Um, so Wait, I'm so excited just, about that. just recasting or no but she, her just character's saying, just not in it I, I don't know if it's the love interest but it is like the female lead is Tessa Thompson I think okay cool um, cool but anyways Batgirl Joss Whedon anyone excited about that the fact that it's not connected to a universe yeah for sure I, I Joss Whedon kind of hasn't really done horribly wrong in the past no. I mean he understands story and he understands character so understands i mean he's like the og like female character heroine guy i mean yeah buffy buffy did buffy what else did he do (laughs) dark angel was that him or was that james cameron (laughs) alias alias no it's jj oh Oh, yeah alias jj Oh man, we can't get all these. Colin, who, Colin, who do you want as Batgirl? I, you know what, I, I don't care. <laughs> so you're, you're, I'm so gonna you're, be like completely like, honest. I am, I could care less about any superhero movie, and it like, 
I didn't even know that Josh Whedon was doing one, but he's like so creative and like so powerful. Like, just make your own fucking female superhero. Like, write your own original one. Why do I have to have Batgirl? Because nobody knows about Barbara Gordon. No, I don't know. <laughs> That's Alicia Silverstone, and I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> God, she's so terrible in that movie. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know who they should cast. Um, who's big? Should they do like a re- reversal and cast somebody who isn't white or cast somebody? Oh, I thought you were going to say cast a guy. Yeah, ge- <laughs> gender neutral uh, gender neutral <laughs> casting. Yeah, that, that you know would be, be a it. cool superhero movie. That I don't, I don't know if uh, they would never do this, but like, I like to see a Batgirl movie where like you never see Barbara Gordon. It's only Batgirl. Like, hmm. do something fucking different, and like, you could. I don't know. Like, hmm. it takes place within like two hours, and it's just one event of her like saving the day. And you could, if you could be smart enough to do something like that, which I believe Joss Whedon would be, uh, I think that'd be cool, maybe. But you know, Colin, in a way, you might be surprised to hear this. I kind of agree with you. Like, this this news didn't really excite me that much. Like, it just it confuses me more than anything. Like, what is Warner Brothers? Like, why are they doing this? Like, why are they going away from their universe? And like. And also, I agree with you. Like, why is Joss Whedon doing this? He should fucking, you know, do his or do an do an original thing, man. Yeah, hasn't he done enough superhero? Like, yeah, I mean, I kind of agree. I I do. I mean, I I know it's shocking for me, but like, I mean, I'm sure it'll be great when it comes out. I'm gonna love it, but like, you know, Hmm. go make something else. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're good at what you're good at, so. Right. Nobody's coming at Joss Whedon asking for a character drama, you know. So. But he's so powerful. But he is. He but no one. Like, yeah. Wants. Like yeah. Like what Colin's saying is, no one has to come to him for anything. He can just. He has make one what of the most successful superhero movies of all time. Yeah, it's the most successful TV shows too. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Huh. I don't know. Mm. I can't think of who I'd want to play. Who I'd want to play. Uh, Barbara Gordon either. Who who did the voice of Barbara Gordon in uh the Lego Batman movie? I forget. It was uh Oh holy shit. It's somebody really obvious when it comes up. Alicia Silverstone? <laughs> was it Rosaria Dawson? Let's see here. It was Rosaria Dawson. Yeah. Oh it was. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Yeah. I recognize her voice, but I just couldn't remember the name. Nice. Um, maybe they should just cast her. <laughs> there we go. Be, there we go. Maybe it should be. Well, I would fucking. That would be awesome, actually. Um, maybe it should be uh, Kendall Jenner. <laughs> maybe it should be. Well, she Allison, did save the day already. Yeah, maybe it should be Allison Williams, which we'll get to. <laughs> maybe it should. She's Allison Williams is in an, um, a TV show coming up about like uh, female wrestlers, girls. Uh, yeah, girls. <laughs> no, what's it called? Um, oh, mm, it's not. It's not coming up. It's not coming up on um, Wikipedia, but it is coming out. Canceled. Um. Canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. 
I was just gonna segue into the Pepsi commercial because I don't know. This is not necessarily film and TV news, but fuck, it it is a small short film. (laughs) (laughs) I actually just watched it before this podcast, and uh, first question for both of you: Are are people, which of course this is the Pepsi commercial where Kendall Jenner basically saves the day, guys, saves the day with a can of Pepsi during a, a protest um it, my first question is are people like overreacting about this uh I, I wouldn't say maybe they're overreacting in the sense that like um who gives a shit yeah like who give who really gives a fuck it's a stupid Pepsi right. commercial um but i think maybe that's where they're not overreacting is so, like everybody for once came together and said like wow what a terrible piece of crap <laughs> and like we all realize, like, that it's just. I I got the impression that there wasn't a single non-white person in the boardroom when they decided to, to like, yep, this sounds like a great idea. Let's consult yeah. a black woman. Oh, there's no black women in the in the in the room. Uh, let's make the black woman uh, Kendall Jenner's assistant and keep her off screen. You sure. know? <laughs> like that. Like that. I don't know if you saw the Colbert thing. Like. They did show like one of the only black women in the whole commercial is the her assistant and Kendall Jenner just throws her like blonde wig at her face like and walks the other direction. That's funny. Yeah. Colin, are people overreacting? Um no, I don't think overreacting. I think um it's just that bad. <laughs> um I don't know what because I haven't read like too many think pieces on it. I've just seen it and then <laughs> mm-hmm. thought like, I don't know why. Oh, this is like the vaguest, like dumbest, like capitalization of like current times. And it's just so like, it's just so awfully thought out. Like, I mean, just it, it how is, like pointless yeah. it all is. Yeah. Like very, um, like you said, very tone deaf and just it, it's like trying to commercialize like actual civil unrest. Yeah, and it's, it's like really a, weird. It's a rich yeah. person's idea of what a protest is. Yeah, like it's like it literally is uh, buy more, be happy. Yeah, I, uh, like, I consume consume like it is crazy right. and kind of weird, creepy, almost propaganda. Like, yeah, I made the joke. Like, forget that, about Go ahead. Just like forget about the movement. Drink a Pepsi. Right. Yeah. I made the joke that it was like, all right, everybody's protesting. Be sure to drink Pepsi so that you drink so much of it, your teeth fall out and you won't be able to protest corporatism anymore. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. It, it was weird. Very, very strange commercial. And just so. It, it only lasted like 12 hours before they. Everybody turned on it, and it immediately pulled. They immediately pulled it from <laughs> from uh, the airwaves. Like, oh shit, we're so sorry. <laughs> Mitch, am I am I to understand that your hot take on this is that it actually in a commercial about bringing people together actually did bring people together because we all know it's stupid, no matter what side of anything <clears throat> you're on. Everyone thinks this is a piece of shit. Well, yeah, I mean. But but for different sides, like, uh, you know, and I hate to like polarize this and, you know, um, 
make this partisan, but like people on the left hated it because it, it trivialized actual problems and uh, reasons why people are protesting. And it made the right hate it because it's like, wow, of course, you know, they would think that this is a good thing, like, oh, everything. But the way I look at it is, yeah, you're commercializing like resistance and you're, you are, what am I trying to say? You're, you're making it out to be like, oh, protesting is the new millennial thing to do. <laughs> like everybody <laughs> does it, you know. But I, I really dug all of the like photoshops that people made afterwards, where it was like Kendall Jenner giving Hitler a Pepsi. Did you see that right. that picture? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, that, if only Kendall Jenner mm-hmm. were around. Or I saw Martin Luther King's like son or daughter like posted a really that was funny the best. Twitter that was like, oh, if only. If only uh, my dad had a Pepsi in his hand, he could have given it to the people on the bridge in uh, in Selma or Montgomery or whatever. Yeah, just it's really stupid. I I saw one person's, uh, I think, tweet or status. It was like, oh, look, they've rounded up all the good looking extras and put them in in one spot. (laughs) They made up their vague signs. I, 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 it. It's like the commercial manifestation of like changing your profile picture to a to you know a flag of whichever country recently got bombed or something like that. <laughs> it, it's it's so lazy. Um, yeah. Join the conversation. Yeah, join the conversation I love by doing that. nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a time to be alive, guys. Uh, Speaking of being alive, let's talk about some dead people. Um, <laughs> First, first, uh, this just came out this week that I guess Carrie Fisher's brother said that she's going to be in episode nine and it will not be CGI. Um, Hmm. what do you guys make of that? Do you think, I think a lot of people are assuming that means she'll be recast. I think that that means that there's footage that they've already shot that will be in episode nine. That's my guess. What do you, what do you guys make of this? I read that they're that Billy Lord said that they could use her likeness. Maybe they could do a. Um, I I just don't know how they're gonna write it so that like, what is she just like going on sabbatical? You know, I'm gonna go out to the corners of the galaxy and chill for a bit. I'm done with the resistance. I'm just curious how they're gonna do it. I mean, yeah, well maybe Kendall Jenner gives her a Pepsi and she's like, <laughs> I'm done fighting. <laughs> I, I'm yeah I can only assume that they're gonna find a way to like cleverly um, and heroically kill her character off um, you know but I don't know how they're gonna do it it's possible maybe she dies in the next one and then the the rest of it is all holograms or messages from her oh or something that's like true that, that could be and that, yeah. so that way they can make it look kind of gritty and hide yeah. the, hide the mm. fact that she that it you know not pull a rogue one and right so i because they already said they're not gonna recreate her so right I, I, i'm just curious how they're gonna do it but i do think that they they've already shot stuff and they're just gonna try and manipulate it and get it rewrite it a certain way so that it makes sense and i and i trust i, mean, I trust them fully i i just can't i can't imagine the way that the you know the prequels went and the way that force awakens went that they're gonna fuck up these next two films so I uh, but did you guys think that this was kind of like 
when I first heard this, I was like, okay, spoiler. Like, so she, I mean, Mitch, to your point, I guess she could be in holograms and shit in the next movie. But yeah, like messages it, or whatever. Yeah, but it, it just seemed to me that she, they're saying, oh, she doesn't die in this movie. So it's like, oh, okay. Guess there's no suspense there. Well, we don't know. Colin, do you think do you think that 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 that's what that meant? Um, no, but I never was thinking that Princess Leia would ever die. Yeah, I guess I guess I thought maybe that changed since you know Carrie Fisher did, but who knows? That would be. I tacky. mean, I never. Hmm. I think that would be tacky. If I agree, made Princess Leia die just because Carrie Fisher died. Right. I would lose stupid. a lot of respect for that. Right, I don't know. I don't know if I'd lose respect for it, but like, what else are they supposed to do? Like, is it less tacky to have her just disappear? You know, and well, they, they could the recast. It's not going to be the same. I mean, Star Wars is such a, you know, such a indelible, you know, mark and indelible film franchise. Like, I can't picture Princess Leia any as anyone else. Yeah, I, well, I, agree, we'll I agree, but I mean, I think Princess Leia. I I don't think you need to have Princess Leia like in the movies anymore. Really, like she. I mean, the main part of the fir- the original trilogy, um, and now she's older and she's she's a po- general she, Leia. She's a politician now, so she doesn't need to be doing things. They can reference her like sitting on the council or something. I don't need to right. say that. Yeah. It's Ray's story now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I guess. Well, we'll see what they do with the next one. I'm curious if they will, um, you know, recut it and edit it and write it a certain way, reshoot some stuff to make it so that it, you know, it makes sense, whatever they do with her character. But they're not yeah, going to kill. They're also not going to kill Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, and Princess Leia. That would be so stupid. <laughs> I don't Well, we don't know if they're going to kill luke either I, I don't know i hope they kill luke i i don't see, I, I, have, I i hope they kill luke because i don't want that to be something that's left up to the books or something like yeah like he's gotta die and you cannon. have an opportunity to like i think he should yeah as long as if he sacrifices himself you know that would be the perfect way out for the the one you know yeah. for the future um, uh, I mean, start, guarantee yeah. I'm I'm gonna cry, like, at the end of the next film, because there's oh, gonna wow. be that like four carry, and there I think right. they're gonna do something really, uh, really, uh, I don't know, heartfelt. Yeah, heartfelt and just some sort of tribute to her in some way. I th- that's what I think, and I think it will be tasteful because I mean it's Ryan Johnson and. Yeah. We'll see. Why don't we have a trailer? Yeah, I was curious, oh, yeah. Kale. Hey. So when are we supposed to get that? I, we asked so, you because obviously you would know. <laughs> so, so this 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 coming week is Star Wars Celebration in Orlando. It's the big Star Wars convention, and uh, there's no doubt in my mind that I I would I would assume that Thursday we get a trailer. This so, Thursday. This Thursday, coming up, the thirteenth of April, I, I think. Uh, I think that's when it starts. Maybe yet, Friday, though. but uh, it's gonna happen this week. So get pumped. Maybe, maybe it will just be a teaser, and they won't release another trailer. I mean, everybody, yeah, everybody's gonna see it anyway. You don't really need a trailer to advertise it. So a trailer yeah, for be... the trailer. Oh, you know, like the first <laughs> one. 
So uh, cool. Yeah, we'll see. You know what I'm not looking forward to? I saw like some promo images um, of like the weird sand camel looking things. Have you seen that stuff, Kale? Like I don't know what they're called, but like they're very long legged creatures that I saw Finn on, and it kind of. I've not, not seen. You that. haven't seen that? It weirded no. me out. It weirded no. me out. It didn't look right, but we'll see what they do with it. <laughs> New creatures, um, new creatures. Um, what was I gonna say? Uh, what were you doing? Oh yes, one more piece of news before we get to Beauty and the Beast. Um, Don Rickles passed away this week. Uh, great comedian, and of course, honestly, I think our generation uh, knows him most as Mr. Potato Head in the Toy Story movies. Mm-hmm. Um, any any thoughts on Don Rickles, guys? 90 years old, man. That's a crazy, awesome life. Yeah. He also got beat to death by Joe Pesci in Casino. Right? That's right. With a baseball bat. Yep. And yeah. uh, was was the king of the insults, really. He was. He was very, very funny. Did, did, did you guys see Jimmy Kimmel kind of like completely break down the other night talking about it? I, did, I didn't see that. I read about it, though. Um, Why? They were pretty close. I mean, they. I guess they were good friends. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <clears throat> I did. I did read Craig Ferguson's tweet where it was like, for, first time I had him over my house for a party, and when he was leaving, he gave me a dollar and told me to buy another, <laughs> buy a better house." <laughs> 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 and, and I do. I also read a story about where first one of the first times he met Donald Trump, he like threw a dollar on the f- on the floor in front of him to like distract him. He's like, look over there. I'm just like, (laughs) (laughs) that's great. Yeah, he was great. He was very funny. Yeah, it's another icon lost, but a good life, good life by Don Rickles. Ninety years years. old, it's pretty great. His old, his old stand-up specials where he's like going through the crowd and making fun of people (sighs) are so great. Yeah, nowadays, like, I mean, he can get away with it because how old he is or was, uh, but like. I don't know. I feel like if people did that today, unless it was like a roast format, you would, oh, here comes the outrage police, you know. So I, I don't know. I, I wish there was more comics like him. Pretty much all you got now yeah. is Jeff Ross. I fucking love insult comics. It's very good. Very funny. No prisoners. It's great. Lisa Lampanelli's kind of an insult comic. Kind of. I like offensive comedy. Anthony, Kathy Griffin can be kind of yeah. Insulting. Anthony Jeselnik, he's funny. Bianca motherfucking Del Rio. I don't know if I know her stuff. Drag queen, but like actually oh. legit funny. Okay. Comedy, it's the best. Comedy. <laughs> making fun of people. Uh, <laughs> make, making fun of people is great. It makes us feel better about ourselves. Right. Um, which I'm, I, which I anticipate there might be some uh, making fun of in this in this first section of Beauty and the Beast. But um, let's let's get to uh, the first movie of two. We're gonna do Beauty and the Beast and Get Out. Um, let's start with Disney's Beauty and the Beast. This, of course, is the live action remake of the Beauty and the Beast movie that came out 25 years ago, uh, directed by Bill Condon, who I think, am I wrong in saying this, is probably best known for Dreamgirls. Yeah, that sounds right. I mean, I guess Twilight, but who cares, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who cares? <laughs> he wrote the screen. Uh, anyway. He wrote the screenplay for Chicago. So. Oh, that's right. 
But as a, as a yes, that's right. As a director, though, uh, you know, Chicago and Dreamgirls, background in musicals. Um, of course, Emma Watson is Belle, Dan Stevens is Beast, Luke Evans, Gaston, Josh Gad, LeFou, Kevin Klein's in it. It's a great cast. Of course, you got Emma Thompson, Ian McKellen, and Ewan McGregor as well. Yeah, uh, among among a bunch of others. So it's a great cast and uh, a property that's one of Disney's most popular. Of course, the animated film was nominated for Best Picture and the live action remakes that are coming from Disney. This is the third from Cinderella, Jungle Book, and now we've got Beauty and the Beast. Maleficent. Maleficent, but that's yeah, kind of whatever. its own property. Um, <laughs> uh, that's more of a spinoff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, let's just get into it. Let's go around. I think I can kind of assume some of the some of your thoughts, but let's talk about our uh, our initial thoughts on it. I mean, it was a little bit a while ago that I saw this, but um, I'll start. Let me start. Uh, I never start. You never um, start. <laughs> never stop I'll starting. Say, I'll say it, and, and and look, I I get that there's some problems with the movie, and I think that uh, of course it's a little eye rolly how almost verbatim it is from the original and uh, in terms of even look and stuff like that. But I also was just, I had such a fun time watching it. It was a packed theater. Everyone was applauding after every song. I thought, yeah. uh, <laughs> what? I, I just <laughs> groaned and ugh, that's weird. I, I mean, I, it was a, it was an absolutely fun time to see it uh, in the theaters. I, I will also say I was never a fan of the original. I love the music, but I never really cared for this. I always thought the story was kind of shallow. I mean, Mitch, you just made this status about <laughs> about the, the conclusion of the movie. I mean, it's always been a strange movie about, well, you looks by appearance. Uh, you're judging a book by its cover, but at the end of the movie, he's beautiful anyways. And then it's also about... And this, everyone's this, like, yay. <laughs> right. It's also a weird story about like this rich prince who has all these slaves who end up turning... They all like kind of have this affection for him as well for some reason like it's very all it's always been kind of a weird story so i think that the weirdness in the story still exists but i think they did their best to modernize it and make it less weird and i think a lot of that is emma watson's performance and the kind of background they did on the character that isn't really in the original movie um and i liked a lot of that and i just thought i had a i had a fun time i'm pro musical i'm glad this happened and i'm glad i watched it Mitch, uh, you just saw it, right? Yeah, I saw it this morning. Okay, so what are your I fresh thoughts on Beauty and the Beast? Um, I it's it's kind of like meh for me. I mean, I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. Um, and it was very. I liked the musical moments. Uh, I felt the musical moments were very um, enjoyable. Um, <laughs> you know, swells of music and the camera. You know, dancing around with you know the characters and. It, it was fun it, in that sense um but like there was also rep you know I've, I've seen the original um you know what happens so a lot of like even the be our guest song and visuals were very similar to the the animated version yeah. i thought so yeah and i mean it, it, obviously different because the computer animation nowadays yeah. is so much more intense um but still similar style and themes of plumes and colors and everything mm -hmm. um but then there were just moments where it was like they weren't as hard hitting as like and i think it just has to do with the time like back in 91 or whatever when 
you know, there's the, the ballroom dancing scene that was like really impressive for the animation and back then. And, you know, they use computers to get that like, yeah. 3d look to it. But this one, like the dancing scene was just like, left me like, bleh, like wanting more. Like it just, it was so, it was started and was finished before you could even realize, like if decide whether it was beautiful or, um, heart, you know, heart wrenching or anything. And then it was done and, it's like okay, I guess now we're on to the third act. I, I don't, I don't know. Um, so I, I, I liked some of it, and I didn't like a lot of it. I, th- I liked Kevin Klein. I liked. I, I really, I mean, Gaston was my favorite performance. Um, Dan. Yeah. Yeah. What is it, Dan Stevens, <clears throat> or was that Luke Evans? Uh, Luke Evans. Yeah, very similar names. Um, I liked his performance, and and in fact, before he punches you know, uh, Bell's dad in the face. Like I was actually like sympathetic for him because he seemed like a good guy, just kind of an idiot. And I was Who's like, oh. got post-traumatic stress. Yeah. Yeah. He seriously does. He has seriously. post-traumatic stress disorder, which it, but is weird. Cause when LeFou is like, think about the explosions, death, trenches, widows. He's like, Oh, widows. Like what? <laughs> well, right. It's a really fucked up. Look at a former soldier. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he does have post traumatic stress, and he, he, he suffers a pretty shitty death because he's afraid, and you know, and doesn't like. I would have loved to see him learn something, <laughs> but that's not the story we're talking about here. So, um, yeah, and I don't remember the original what what happened to LeFou if he like actually turned around and changed, but like I liked. He doesn't. Yeah, he's kind of a bad guy in it. Doesn't he almost kill Lumiere or like one of one of the uh, talking trinkets? Yeah, but that in this one, so. they make him a good guy, and that was kind of fun. Yeah. And and like like you started to feel it toward the end that he was not like. There's that line when they're marching to the castle where he's like, "There's a monster afoot," and I was like, "All right, that's clever." And I, I don't know. I wasn't blown away by the film, is my point, but I enjoyed. It. I, but the, but the in, the music. Mitch, part, Mitch just lists everything about the film. Yeah, the, and the, some parts that I like, some parts that I didn't like. Um, yeah, go Colin, ahead, Colin. You go. Colin, let it rip. I can't. I can't stop. I can't stop talking. So, it just it's all on my mind right now. Uh, I saw this opening weekend so it's been a while since i've seen it yeah me too um but what a stupid fucking pointless movie (laughs) i mean i went into this not knowing that i wasn't gonna like it and i'll fairly say that i liked it better than i thought it was i still don't think it is original enough or different enough to warrant a remake it's just not um yeah, I won't disagree with that, of course. But but other than that, what did you think of? I mean, oh, like what okay. else? I mean, I, I I could get into it right now. Let's get out. Well, well, just like give me the glo- give me the Twitter version first, and then we'll, we'll we'll get deep into it. It's a pointless, again, more than halfway animated movie remake of an animated movie with really lifeless animated characters and a star who can't fucking sing now that's a that that last point is a point that i would love to get to um, and and agree with you with it's 
it's not that she can't sing she's just not a good singer and her voice is so heavily auto-corrected that it makes her sound lifeless and stupid it's and i like emma watson as a person i love emma watson i she's just so off in this movie it sounded 80 yard like everything about it just didn't sound like it was happening in the moment Mm -hmm. even her dialogue and i've said this before about emma watson she's a fine actress but like her accent sounds fake to me and i know that's her real accent but it sounds like such a posh like uh, caricature of a british accent and that a dri- British French person. Yeah, it dri- yeah, right. It drives me nuts. Um so also I, um I was curious this t- when does this take place? The 1700s or the 1800s France? What's well, a tale as old as time? Oh, okay. Yeah. So even though they're wearing period costumes, it, yeah, okay. Gotcha. Go ahead. Um what was I going to say? The French, Re- uh, the French Revolution never reached this area of France. <laughs> this mountainous area of France. <laughs> now, 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 Colin. Now, I know that this can never happen, and I know, to be honest with you, I think in film criticism, what I'm about to say is completely unproductive. But let's say you could watch this movie in a vacuum where the original didn't exist. Would, would you know? What do you think of it as just a film? I mean, like, did you? Th- I mean, like, I, I don't. I, like, I don't. I didn't find it lazy. In far, in, okay, it's, it's maybe the screenplay is, but I didn't find it like. It didn't look terrible to me at all. Like I thought no, it looked no. amazing. I should say uh, that I thought, the, the I production the design really in the costume is like, fantastic. Yeah, the way what about everything technical was beautiful about it. Right, and and so like I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, Colin, in a vacuum where the ninety one movie doesn't exist, I mean, I don't think it would be considered a classic. Maybe, but do you think the way the original was? I mean, do you think it? I mean, it's that's like there's very some quality to, to it. I mean, that's very hard to to consider or, or fathom right. that because I I mean, it's <laughs> it's hard to say something because you're constantly comparing, and it's the the animated had a whimsy and a, like a a lightness to it that I loved in an animated movie, and that this this one was it's it's almost like a completely different tone like feeling to this movie because it i felt like it takes itself so fucking serious most of the time so it would i don't if the original animated didn't exist i i i don't think i would like it i because it was like oh this is a musical that's like uh pretty self-serious i don't know if i go as far as to say it's takes itself too seriously i thought it was a a good tone for the um the subject matter i think if if the 91 version didn't exist then i would um and this isn't really saying a lot considering but i would consider it in my top 15 of the year so far which is weird because i haven't seen 15 (laughs) 15 films but but, but like right right. but my point is like pretty fucking shitty bitch no but toward toward the end of the year like if the the original never existed i would think that this was a really well-made musical like it, it didn't i mean it wasn't as i said it wasn't my favorite but um it was well made and effective at points so if i were to take everything from the 91 version and push it out 
and all these were new songs and everything like I'd, I'd be like wow that was actually pretty impressive of a film but since it isn't it's it's not yeah right so right, it's a moot point but um well considering it's yeah, going off the, my comment about it being too serious i mean the two characters that to me were like so glaringly like awful and not fun just compare the animated version of bell's dad and the animated version of cogsworth like they're both so serious in this movie like and then in the animated version bell's dad's like a whimsy fucking inventor who's like the local nut like he's funny yeah in this one he was like a fucking depressed old man yeah because the 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 bubonic plague side plot <laughs> yeah, was really dark right. it was really yeah, dark yeah that's why though there's this whole backstory that's not in the original that like makes kevin klein's character a little more depressing yeah when the doctor turns he's like you must leave now i was like oh god you know and she had like pustules on her face it's like ugh. yeah that's kind of crazy yeah. um I, I do i fucking love kevin klein though he's I, great i thought he was like there's a tenderness there's like this fatherly now i get now i guess because he's old grandfatherly tenderness about kevin klein as a person yes and he, he slides into these roles that fit him so well so often and this was another one of those in my mind like i really like i felt for him as a struggling father and inventor uh more than the goofball in the original movie who was just kind of like that you are kind of a loser (laughs) yeah Yeah, but that makes sense for when he gets locked up in the insane asylum for him to be that kooky and that wacky it doesn't make sense when he's locked up here right i guess um, yeah, I, I, all I could hear was because I'm a big fan of Bob's Burgers. All I could hear was Mr. Fish Odor every time he'd say stuff. Like I just imagined yeah. Mr. Fish Odor in that role, which was really funny. <laughs> I once That's put great. twenty thousand dollars on a horse. She just walked away with it. <laughs> um, what do you guys think about? So I, I talk. I mean, I, I always thought that the. I thought the 91 movie was very quickly dated, like, off the bat. <clears throat> Even as a kid, I thought it was just so strange and weird. It does have it, it does have a weird animation. It's, like, right at the start of, like, the new animation style. Yeah. And it right. still has, like, but, that mix of 70s-style Disney animation. Yes. and But but more than that, I'm speaking specifically to, like, these themes. I mean, these, these the, what you were talking about with your Facebook status and also just this kind of, like, weird... Like falling in love with your captor story, and he ends up being this beautiful prince anyway. So like, it's not the whole thing about a book by its cover doesn't matter. And like, you know, you've also got, and and I think this is strangely topical today. You've got this this theme of like, everyone in this small town is just so stupid. Yeah. And no one and no one reads. And and here's here's Belle on her high horse. Right. Like. Uh, and which you know there's a, a legitimate point to that right which you should be reading like you should learn stuff but that whole like dichotomy between the elitist bell and the, the poor working class french provincial citizens i mean did that come across as as like i don't know is there anything to that in this in this 2017 movie that seems inappropriate maybe i don't know I don't know. They tried to explain it by like, oh, they're on. They're also on some sort of curse where they can't remember anything. So they tried to make it that mm. that kind of thing. But like, they showed glimmers of hope at times where you know, when 
Kevin Klein's in the bar and they're like, Gaston, did you try to kill Maurice? And everyone's like on Maurice's side. And then, and I'm like, oh, wow, maybe these are actually like smart people and they, they're going to turn against this guy. And there's like, oh, no, never mind. They're idiots. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know. Um, I, it is a little dated, but maybe if they're trying to say like, oh, it, it, it sucks to be stupid. <laughs> or like you know don't be stupid um it doesn't come across very well in in the picture first of all uh, bell lives in yeah. a beautiful picturesque mountain town with the world's best fucking farmers market and she's complaining about where she's living right and there's no right, diarrhea right, lining the streets which there should be in 18th century france there should just be poop everywhere uh and- and there's a fresh flower display. Yeah, they have their own <laughs> horse, which is not cheap back in those times. Yeah, you're not above poverty if you have yeah, your own Everybody horse. seems to be, you know, well off in this town. No so crime. They, but Colin, <laughs> Colin, I think I agree with you, though, in the sense that then they tried in the bubonic plate thing. They tried a little bit, but mm-hmm. there, there was extents that they could have gone to completely change the story. For, for the better, like things that were really weird and wrong in the original, like this, what you're saying, like she's kind of a brat. Yeah. <laughs> she's kind of an elitist yeah. brat. And they didn't like they they just kind of kept it the same way. And I agree with you like that kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's why why I don't pers- pers- why I don't think maleficent is a great film but i appreciate maleficent so much more because mm-hmm. of what it did with the story in its original right. take on it this is i mean there's some like, like shot for shot costume for costume it's i don't know um now colin i can't believe we haven't brought this up yet but you you did play lefou in our junior year uh uh, version of in high school yes, of Beauty and the Beast, claim. right? Yes. So <laughs> you you're really closer to this this show than any any of us. Yeah. Well, right? when you perform it a hundred times, I mean, I'm pretty territorial of it. Also, then what? So so from that perspective, uh, how was the 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 Gaston LeFou uh, parts of this movie in your mind? It's so fucking weird. It is. Um. <laughs> I, well, I'm, I'm, I mean, there's obviously this, this, uh, I don't know, gay aspect to it yeah. that they, that they put in, but I just mean, I mean, and we'll, we should get to that, but just in general, like, what did you think of Josh Gad's performance, um, as someone who played LeFou, like, like, how did you think he did? It's interesting. And I mean, I think it fits the overall mood of what this movie was going for, but to me, yeah. that's just not LeFou, like. He's a he's a dopey small fat like helper he, yeah. of him like so so you in, think in, you think they like there's like too much depth to the character yes 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 <laughs> yes yes absolutely uh, I liked it I liked his his character I he was he was I don't know he impressed me right at, at the start because um, you know he can sing obviously but yeah, I was gonna say because Josh mm-hmm. Gad's one of the only people in this movie who can really sing yeah, yeah. I mean he was in Book of Mormon and he's been out in, uh, on stage for a very long time and frozen yeah frozen um yeah he 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 impressed me I I, I enjoyed his character um the whole like gay controversy was so blown out of proportion after watching this movie it's like wow that was nothing um 
which I appreciate in a sense, you know, uh, uh, that it treated, treated it very normal. But they also did have a lot of jokes in there that seemed like, ooh, so weird, he's gay, you know, like, like, ah, uh, how peculiar, which kind of had me rolling my eyes at times. Because um, it was like, haha, look at that, he's gay. You know, there were very, like, jokes, there were jokes in there that kind of, I don't know. Yeah, if you're... Made fun of it. If you're gonna have a gay character and, like, come out and, like, say that this is a gay character and I played it like a gay character... And I don't know, maybe this is like, might like shock some people, like saying, not shock people, but like it'd be an interesting way of approaching it. But as a gay man, like you're coming out and you're saying that this character in a musical is a gay character, this character better be super funny and gay. <laughs> like that's what I want to see. You're promising me a gay musical character. That person better be fucking gay. <laughs> I, I yeah and look I liked the character and I actually found myself laughing at it a lot but uh, but you're right it's like he wasn't really like now that I think about it it's like what he has eyeshadow and he makes two lines of dialogue that suggest he's gay like what is the like yeah. you know what do you what do you think gay is Disney like what like I don't know <laughs> it just seems like like in uh, part of what you're saying Mitch too is it's like they're kind of laughing at him, not like... Yeah, yeah. like he makes, like, you know, very... He almost has, like, the character of, like, a 1960s gay person. Like, where, yeah, where he's, like, he's yeah, making, like, like, really peculiar, like, remarks about, like, Gaston. and Or he's, right. I don't know, making weird gestures and, you know... He's like one one stop short of being like the peculiar villain in the movie, <laughs> you know. Like, the, mm, is he gay? Yeah. No. The better right, gay character right. in this movie is the one that the wardrobe turns into a drag queen. Yeah, and enjoys it. Yeah, and With, he's and, like, "Oh, I'm fucking alive." Yeah, he's like, "Thank you." <laughs> yeah, which was <laughs> yeah, also was, a little that, weird. That was cool. It was a little weird, yeah. but I I did like it. But he didn't have cool. any lines. So he, it was no. like, well, where did that come from? Exactly. Right. But so that right. also felt like another like, ha ha ha, he's, he's now a drag queen. That, isn't that funny, guys? Uh, so. But I did, look, I, I don't want to, you know, I also do just appreciate it that they're not, that it's like, they're, it's, it's a step in the right direction. <laughs> I mean, at some point. At some point, you gotta. They, Disney just get. Why don't you know they're gonna have a like? Why not have a, a gay main character in a movie like this? Or like, why not? I think that that I think that's closer than than we think. And when that day comes, it's gonna be pretty awesome. Yeah. Do Do you guys think they're ready? For, like they meaning Disney, not people. No, I think Disney? people are way ready for that. Nope. But nope. 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 Um, you don't think so? We'll nope. see what they do with Star Wars here. <laughs> I think Poe's gay. Colin, you don't think that's going to happen anytime soon? Not anytime soon, no. I think they will. Well, I think in the next five years they'll see it. There's a difference between it happening soon and it then being a successful thing that's happened soon. I see. You mean you mean box office or you mean like doing it right? Both. I mean, I think Disney has the balls to do it. and They, they certainly can, have the capital to do it. They can take a right, hit. They have the capital, yeah, exactly. Sure. They could definitely take a hit if it doesn't work. But... And then try again. I mean, look at what half this country is. Like, you think I mean, they, you're they're right, going to take their kids out about... to go see a Disney gay movie? No, like half the country is not going to fucking do that. 
And if you think about just the the uproar for this one character who is barely gay at all, <laughs> exactly. I, I guess <laughs> I guess I guess on that point, Colin, why well, I'm giving us all way too much credit. Yeah, yeah. but I don't even know uh, if the uproar was really that big of an uproar. If it was like a manufactured uproar to you know get people in seats, uh, it, it just didn't seem like anybody I talked to about it. They were like, "Oh, really? Well." You know? Well, it was it was. But we don't live in, in a few SEC countries. country. Like, well, it, it wasn't banned in Malaysia. Like, they ended up airing it in its entirety. They didn't edit stuff, and then it, Malaysia. I'm talking about Alabama. Oh right. Well, and, I don't think it was banned in Alabama, was it? No. It well, was, certain theaters in the South did not play it. One well, drive-in movie that plays religious movies didn't show. Yeah. Well, and I'm sorry that that Who theater cares? owner can decide whatever fucking movie he wants to play. That it's is fine theater. by me. It's his theater, I guess. So, yep. I I don't know. Yeah. Who cares? Uh, it was banned in Russia, though. Well, yeah, but Russia's fucking stupid. I thought we were supposed to be their friend, oh, according yeah. to the great president. friends. <laughs> um, they're not so bad. They're not so, um, <laughs> yeah, I just think it was, it was such a non-issue uh, that I think that's a good thing. Um, it was an issue before the movie came out, and then when the movie came out, it was like, oh, that wasn't really that big of a deal. So, hooray. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah which is what, what we want. We don't want it to be a big deal. We just want it to happen and not you know, have to be a news story every time. That's when you get achieve true equality, right? I mean, mm-hmm. but it's still like a long gap between like having like a character who has like two gay tendencies and a supporting character versus or like a main right. character who's versus we're gay. gonna watch two me- animated men kiss on screen. Right. 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 <laughs> well, obviously, nobody's read my screenplay about <laughs> the, the gay superhero or gay assassin that I have written. So, I, it hasn't been written, but I have the synopsis written out. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me there's assless chaps. No, assless but chaps. he does. That's he does. A Disney movie. No, but he does. Um, he does hypnotize. Uh, world leaders with his dancing like gay world leaders with oh, his yes. dancing and when he does that he is then able to slice their throats oh, yeah. and then disappears without oh. anybody knowing it i'm feeling that yeah but here's here's here's, <laughs> here's the right, back to beauty and the beast <laughs> yeah, but, no just for um gay disney in general um I, this is from me talking. I'm sure not everyone's like this, I'm sure, but I'm sure a, maybe a lot of gay men feel this way. It's like we love a fucking campy like stereotype. We do, like, right? <laughs> yeah. That's why do you think all all these gay men love Drag Race? Because we fucking love like dress up absurdity. and caddy and absurdity and stuff. Yeah. And like the problem is like straight people are like. No, that's offensive. Yeah, and we're no, like, I totally no, it's get it. really not. <laughs> to- I totally yeah. understand. I, I totally get that. What it, it usually turns out to be the most of- offended people are the white people who who <laughs> yeah, have no exactly. have never experienced it. So, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Back yeah. to the movie, though. <laughs> well, All right, any other thoughts? It's on part Be- of it. Any other big thoughts on Beauty and the Beast? What did we think of how the animated? Um, household items looked. I thought they were pretty cool. I thought they were detailed. I thought the um, some of 
it just looked really good. I mean, it didn't, it was, I think we're getting to the point of animation where, you know, everything looks so real that it's like, I can't be like one way or the other, like, oh, that looked like shit or, oh my God, it was amazing. It just, it, we're at a point where everything looks good and it looks the way it's supposed to look. And it yeah, except fit, for the wolves. Those the wolves did look pretty stupid. Wolves they terrible. weren't big enough. They looked like dogs. Really weird. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, Colin, totally when we first like. saw when we first saw the photos, I remember. I mean, you probably go back and and listen to a, a, what we thought, but I I thought they looked dumb. Like I thought, I thought Lumiere looked kind of silly, and I thought like I thought it all looked too real. But I actually think that it did work well in the movie, especially as they transformed into more inanimate. You know what I mean? Like, as he became more of a candelabra and shit, I, I thought it actually worked really well. Did you dislike it? Yeah, I really didn't like it. And uh, and like, what would you rather have wanted? Like, like they were they were like too real looking. They looked right. Like, that so was my original. Life, they looked so lifeless. Like Lumiere especially looked, I thought, really stupid. Like that's like a funny, absurd character. And I was like watching a candle. <laughs> like, I, I it's so hard not to compare it to the animated version. Like, you had Jerry Orbach who did an incredible voiceover for that character. Ira McGregor, who is like a fine actor but an awful French accent. <laughs> and it's like Lumiere is such an expressive character. Like, you lost all of his facial like facial quirks in mm-hmm. in this character or this rendition of it yeah i can see that i mean it, it looked less it looked super not human yeah i did like the designs though i like the way cogsworth looked i like the way um the wardrobe looked i can't remember her name um i like the how the the wardrobe's like face and uh mouth were designed like with the like curtains moving up and down right um i hated miss potts and mm-hmm. chip mm-hmm um they were boring, and I hated. Uh, Chip. Wardrobe. I hate... what's, what's that actress? What's that name? Audra uh, something. Audra McDonald. What is she? She from? was unbelievable. She's a five-time uh, Tony Award winner. I mean, she's just unbelievable. Like, I don't know. Like, she should have sang uh, "Beauty and the Beast." Yeah, that's you what I, I mean, was she hoping did it, they she would did do. Yeah, but but like, yeah. I mean, she was like phenomenal and it's funny too i think part of maybe my the reason i'm i mean other than the fact that she's a tony award-winning singer but um, the most tony award was that she has won more tony awards than any other person holy fuck um but aside from that that she's obviously talented i i will say and we talked about a little bit that next to the auto-tuned tracks on this movie once you hear once you hear her voice come out kind of kind of like 40 minutes in you're like wow mm-hmm. <laughs> because you, you really can you're like that is a real singer wow uh god you're right and I, you want to talk i mean just to, we should wrap it up quick because we gotta get to get out but i do think there is something to be said that's kind of frustrating knowing that and i don't think everyone was autotune i mean josh gad wasn't autotune I've quite, I've been listening to it. I'm, I, some of them it's hard to to really hear, but for sure Emma Thompson you can tell, or sorry Emma Watson you can tell is auto tune. Yeah. You don't have to be an expert in audio engineering to to hear the difference. Mm-hmm. It it is a little frustrating 
I mean, at least back in the day, they would have just hire uh, just a singer. A, to do it. Yeah, they would just hire a singer, right? Like, yeah. like even in Lion King, like Matthew Broderick plays Simba, but He's he doesn't sing Simba no way, in that movie. No way. Um, and like, and Matthew Broderick can sing, but they still got someone even better. Yeah. So. It's weird to me. I mean, you got when you talk about how I, I said I think a lot of this movie doesn't feel lazy. To me, that is lazy. Like, if you're not going to go out and cast someone, and I would, I would agree that there's few people that could play a role like Belle and make her seem like a feminist role than Emma Watson, honestly. But so I get why they really wanted her. But if you're not going to have her, if you're going to have her sing and do auto tune. Fuck, get someone else to sing. get a real singer in there. Like you can do that. They've been doing that in movies for years. Mm-hmm. What, do, what was, that's the most disappointing thing about this movie. Yeah. What was your guy's favorite song? Like did you have one that kind of stuck out to you as like, oh, that was I enjoyed that. Yeah, Gaston because Josh Gad can sing and because it's just it's one of the best songs in the movie. Yeah, I don't know. Opinion. I don't know what it was about that song in particular, but it's it was I don't know if it was poorly mixed or if it was just my theater, but I had a hard time hearing them in that song, like hearing what they were singing. Like it seemed like the the music was louder than the vocals, um, but everything else I didn't have a problem. I really liked um, the Beast song uh, after she leaves to go like save yeah. uh, her father. I really liked that one. I don't know mm-hmm. if that was in the original or not, but. I think that one's in the stage play. Okay. there. I From what I understand, there were newer um, there were there were new songs yeah. in it, but I couldn't tell you what they were. I... Oh, I can tell you one, and I hated it. <laughs> it's when they go back to uh, their windmill house. Like, <clears throat> apparently, well, <laughs> I don't know how they go back in time, but apparently they do. <laughs> um, and she's like, "This is my parents' house." Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh yeah. god. <laughs> Yeah, that was. But nice. I did love so that Dan Stevens had that uh, Evermore song that was new, right? Where where the Beast is like he's got his own song, he's I think, singing. I think that, that was, was that's the right? one I'm talking oh, okay. about. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the one I'm yeah. talking about. Oh, that's the one you owe oh, the Beast. Okay, yeah. I think so. Yeah. I thought you were talking about it. Yeah, like that, that was good. Except when you listen to it with headphones, man, the, I'm telling you, the modulation on his voice and the auto tune, it just does not. Mm-hmm. It sounds like they recorded it. Oh, over in, Skype. I'm like, reading. It's we- I'm reading Wikipedia. It may have been Josh Groban, who did that. No, no, I did, think he he does he that on the soundtrack. The, okay, yeah. that is the original yeah. uh, an original song though. Evermore. Right. So he does right. the soundtrack. Okay. Colin, what was your favorite though? Like, what was what was your favorite part? Um, I know you. I know you liked something. <clears throat> like, are we are we talking favorite musical number or just my favorite thing about it? Well, I would assume you would have a phase that I would assume one would be the other, but maybe not. I mean, what was your favorite thing about it? Let's start there. The the costumes. Oh, I know what I I know what okay. I I know. What was the best? When she throws a snowball at him. Oh, it was that, that was the best. <laughs> yeah, you, you're absolutely right. When she throws the snowball at him, hits him in the arm, and then he makes a huge snowball and just fucking pelts her in the face. Like should have like funny. broken her nose and like caused major damage and it just ends like that that happens and then it's like oh i guess hours later they're fine you could ask who i was sending that to i was laughing for a good two minutes 
That's people great. did laugh. People did laugh in my theater because it was so it was like dead shot right in the head. Like, and that's exactly what I was wanting to see at that point was like that character get fucking pelted with a snowball. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Um, I told you guys this before, but you know, I interned for the production company that uh, did this film. So, and I remember oh, awesome. sitting. I remember Mandeville Films. I remember sitting on a phone call listening right. to them talk to the writers at the time i don't know if it was the two that actually ended up writing it but it's like oh it sounded a lot more like they were going to make like a huntsman type mm. of movie when, uh, on the phone like there was like a chase scene and i was like this isn't gonna work <laughs> <laughs> this isn't gonna work <laughs> um well i think we should we should probably move on to get out before uh yeah but quickly do you guys remember, do you ever recommend it at all I, I recommend it if you like musicals and if you're a fan of this thing. <laughs> but otherwise, I don't think you're going to enjoy it. So for so it's a yes and no, I recommend. Colin? Nope, go see the animated version or the stage version. Or the one with uh, Ron Perlman. <laughs> sure. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> From right. the 80s. Yeah. Uh, um, I uh, I do recommend it. I had a lot of fun. I think if you like musicals, uh, go check it out. It's close to a billion dollars in the box office right now. Yeah, of course. Keep printing that money, Disney. Yeah. All right, let's go to our next film, which is uh, the movie Get Out, which came out a while ago. Colin, you saw it opening weekend, right? Yeah. That was in this Feb- came out February? February 24th. That sounds right, yeah. It yep. premiered so, at Sundance January 24th, and then a month later... Released yes. theatrically, February twenty fourth. Yes, this is of course uh, the movie about a. This is straight out of IMDb. I love this this one sentence description of the movie. A young African American man visits his Caucasian girlfriend's mysterious family estate. Um, this is a. I would. I guess we're considering this a horror movie, uh, in a way. Uh, of course, directed by Jordan Peele of Key and Peele, which of course he is most known for his comedy. And this is his directorial debut for a feature film, I believe. Let me, me double-check that, right? We did actually, so I mean, in a way, it is his directorial debut. And in a way, we did see a Jordan Peele movie on this podcast. Uh, last year, we saw Keanu, mm-hmm. wrote, uh, which wrote, was wrote. written by him. And, uh, and yeah, so we saw Get Out. I saw it yesterday. Mitch, you saw it pretty recently too, right? Yeah, a few, um, earlier this week. Right, so a lot has been talked about this movie. It's it's been really sweeping, uh, sweeping the uh, the world in in terms of it's a it's really a low budget movie, and it's grossed 162 million already in the United States. Um, so a lot of success for Jordan Peele, and uh, this movie about horror and and really racism. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get into it, uh, Colin. Since you saw it so long ago, what were your initial thoughts of Get Out? Um, I remember really responding well to this. Um, I thought it was uncomfortable and really smart. Um, really well acted by everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was one where like I kind of knew going into it what it was, but it still surprised me and took me on a very interesting journey. Um. It's a it's a it's a really smart movie. 
um, that's also has great elements of horror and suspense and thrillers and um, it's really great. Um, I th- I think it's the, my my favorite movie I've seen so far this year. Damn, Mitch, what did, what were your first thoughts on Get Out? Yeah, um, going into this, I um, it was impossible not to know what it was about. Um, so that right. that was kind of interesting. But so I was like, you know, reserved and like, you know, I was like, ah, I might not be as affected by it as I could be um, if I didn't know anything about it. But then I saw it and um, I was blown away by it. Like it still had me like enthralled and I was really impressed by how well it was made Um, and just how intense it was and how uncomfortable it made me. Uh, It wasn't scary as much as it was thrilling. And it's weird when you go on Wikipedia, it says Get Out is a 2017 American comedy horror film, (laughs) which I'm like, I guess it is comedic. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. But it also very, um, it says a lot of very interesting things about a different type of racism that we're not like, you don't see, you know, when we talk about racism in movies, usually it's like, oh, you know, get that, you know, black guy out of here and stuff. But this is like a, a strange progressive, like praising of like black people without even, you know, which people do, you know, people, the people who they make the joke about. It's like, oh, he would have voted for Barack Obama twice if he could. Best, you know, best president ever. And, like, that's a different type of racism um, that we're not accustomed to talking about. Um, right. So I, and I, I was just enthralled by it. And, and it had me guessing as it went on along and had me, like, you know, along with him and saying, like, oh, he's, you know, this is going to happen. And, oh, I understand this. And I understand what's going on now. Um, I loved it. It is one of my favorite films of the year. Uh, next to um, Logan Ooh. and what else? Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, what was the other one we saw that was really good? Um, Kong. 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 Eh, Kong. It wasn't great. I uh, John Wick. Yeah, John Wick. John Wick. <laughs> between yeah, Get Out and Logan to me are both fantastic. I, I, I loved this movie. Like you said, Mitch, it's hard. I say Mitch because Colin, you saw it opening weekend, so I think Mitch and I. To almost three months after the fact have a little bit different of a, of a experience going in because so much has been talked about it so it's hard to not know what it was about but at the same time it, it does keep evolving this this uh this story like it, it turned out into to be something that i actually did not see coming at all um yeah you know this whole spoiler spoilers 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 yeah. i mean this whole thing at the end where like oh they're like living inside these mm-hmm black bodies i really didn't see that that was gonna i thought they were just you know hypnotizing these people into slavery yeah right Um, yeah yeah, that was was completely it was so it's such a fresh movie i mean not only is it fresh because it's a horror movie about real horrific things in the world that are real Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it's not about monsters it's about society um which is, I think horror is best when it is something like that. Yeah, it plays off real fears. Yeah. Uh, it just it, it kept kept me guessing, I guess. It kept me interested and never, you know, you never really, until the end, you don't really know what's going on, um, which is great. And like you said, Mitch, you are following it with the character of Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, let, let's just talk about it. So you said, it's, you said on Wikipedia it says comedy horror. Yeah. Um, Colin, when you saw it, I'm sure it was a packed theater on opening weekend. Is that true? Well, I saw it, I, not the weekend, but the Monday. 
after okay. seven in the morning. Yeah. Well, did did you were people laughing in your theater? I mean, is there? Yes. Yes. What, what degree is this a horror movie and a thriller movie and a comedy? Like, where do you? Is it all of it? Yeah, it's it's all those. I mean, it has the core elements where like, um, you realize like what this family is doing and like like holding someone captive is like the horror element and the extent that yeah. they go to to hold these uh people captive in the plan that's all horror element there is um satirical comedic um moments that you know play off characters stereotypes and um just society in general that are funny and it's has really good action in it too at the end mm-hmm. yeah yeah i really enjoyed the action and um, the third act is great. Um, yeah, I found a lot of it to be funny in a like uncomfortable way. Like I, it seemed like I was the only one like really busting out laughing mm-hmm. at like the uncomfortable moments, which is weird. Cause you know, I saw it at a pretty packed theater. Um, and it was about 60, 40 black, white, um, majority black in, in the uh, audience. And <laughs> I, I found myself really like loving the moments where they're at the party and like the the really old white couples are saying like just really racist things without them being real it's like oh you do you golf and he's like oh i used to be a professional golfer and i love tiger, I tiger. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love tiger we love him you know uh, it was very like because you know we've i maybe not ex- explicitly been you know heard stuff like that but I've been around things like that where somebody has said something offhandedly racist without them intending it to be. It's like all uh, the time, all yeah. the time. Yeah. Like, uh, like, and I know it's not meant to be hurtful or anything, but it's still like very, like, it's funny in a sense. It's, it's racist, but it, it's funny because it's so, it's so true. Like people act that way and t- say those right. things. Um, which I loved. I, I loved a lot of that stuff. Yeah, I, I think uh, the, I, I think it's much more like a Hitchcock thriller than anything. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. In fact, I think it ta- you know I think he probably intentionally. I mean, <laughs> you've got this kind of rear rear window thing where he's looking, at, he's he's like watching things through the lens of a camera, and he's there's kind of like this vertigo aspect to it too, um, and but but I do find I was laughing a lot more than I thought I would. Um, but I, I think like what you said at Mitch and I, I think this word's going to keep coming up, but it's so uncomfortable that I think a lot of the quote unquote humor and a lot of the reasons the people in my theater were laughing is because they were uncomfortable and, mm-hmm. and part of the way that we try to make an awkward situation less awkward is to laugh at it. So I think that's a lot of what I was laughing at. And I was so surprised in my theater also just how audible people, I mean, people were literally turning to one another and saying, this is so awkward. I mean, I heard that so often in the in the, in the theater, or like, this is so weird. Yeah. Um, and it just what a response to get from people in, in a theater. I just think it's it's pretty amazing, um, because it's again, like you say, I mean, it's all some it's all shit we know. We know this goes. I mean, you know, people talk like this. People act like this around uh, minorities. You know, like the, it's it's a weird thing where, I mean, Jordan Peele is really tapped into something in this movie. Mm-hmm that everyone in this country can relate to. Yeah. And well, it's maybe fun- we all, maybe we all kind of hate we can relate to it. Yeah. I think that's part of the reaction to this movie. Well, it's kind of funny because Jordan Peele is married to Chelsea Peretti, a white uh, comedian, like actress. 
Right. So he's gone through this probably. Probably. You know? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it's pretty funny. I did like the, the little bits in there. It was like, he's like, what did I tell you about dating white girls? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, Colin, you mentioned the performances in this film. I mean, what, who was the MVP? Was it just everyone? Because I really think anyone in this movie could win an award. I really, I believe that. I think everyone was fantastic. Yeah, it was a real, um, real great ensemble. I mean, obviously the actor who plays Chris has to bear the most weight, I guess. Um, yeah. But I really enjoyed Bradley Whitford's character and his performance. It's um, <laughs> really, it is really uncomfortable, but like really funny. And uh, if you know Bradley Whitford, like a person, you could he's like one of the like the more like liberal people out there so it was really interesting to oh, see yeah. him play this isn't he in west wing yes yeah yeah um so he was really great Catherine keener was like really hypnotizing like as an actress and as a character um, oh yeah and the only other things i've seen allison william in is the peter pan <clears throat> and girls and i fucking hate her character in girls so it was pleasant to see her like actually act yeah she was good in it I think everybody was really good in it. I mean, nobody had me. Even like her, uh, the brother character, mm-hmm. he freaked me out. Um, oh my god, he was so good. Yeah, very uncomfortable. Everybody was oh uncomfortable my god. in it. Yeah, Caleb Landry Jones. Yeah, he was like really, really good. Uh, man, that was the most. That dinner scene. Yeah. I I afterwards I realized like he was gonna try and do it right then and there. Just, yeah like try and knock him out um yeah yeah it was very mm. there's a lot to, uh, there, there's a lot to dissect in like every there, moment it, in this film i'd love to see it again and and um you know i'll probably end up buying it when it comes out so i yeah yeah there's a lot to dissect so i'm sure we're not going to get into all of it i do want to say too that i i think allison williams i'm just going to kind of segue here I think Allison Williams was really good. Like, I was shocked how good she was in this film. Um, and part of that is because it's a really interesting character. Uh, and it's a character, for me, that I didn't have my finger on right away. Like, did you guys... You can, you can tell pretty early on in this film, right, that, like, Bradley Whitford and uh, uh, the mom... What's her name? Catherine Keener. Catherine Keener, yeah. Uh, you can tell early on that like that like they're they do this sh- fucked up shit right like they want something from him whether it's to kill him or put him into quote unquote slavery or mm-hmm. to hypnotize him into doing something like you can tell that they're the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Did you guys think right away that Allison Williams was on in on it? Um, not right away, but toward the end, I started to realize like when um, hold on, <coughs> excuse me, um when they go on their walk she suggests that walk and then they have that like really creepy Uh, auction like bingo auction um and it wasn't like at first i was like maybe she's not in on it they don't know but then after that happened i realized like well she suggested that walk like we're gonna go on a walk that's that's a good point i I didn't put that together and then i i just kind of figured it out just the way she was behaving like trying to comfort him it's like all right we'll leave it's cool you know and then 
isn't that scene where he finds the the box filled with the pictures i was like oh fuck like there was a lady in the front of the the theater who came in late she must have just snuck in who was just like doing the stereotypical like oh god <laughs> like just screaming like <laughs> everybody <laughs> so uh but yeah I, I really i really um i i knew that the parent there was something afoot and uh but it wasn't till later that i realized that allison williams character was also a psychopath so um colin what did you think did you did you guess it right away um no it was and it wasn't until that that walk scene where i was like oh these should probably is um yeah. but i did i didn't know the extent uh and her history of right of her you know doing this with multiple people mm-hmm. that i didn't know that was surprising but like yeah when they weren't there and then the fact that like she like just wasn't like he was like eh, maybe we should leave and like she wasn't like into that right away i was like oh well then that's yeah, yeah. that. <laughs> i mean maybe i'm i was just silly and and and, and not very uh wasn't paying attention enough here but i i actually it really wasn't until and this has to do with her performance for me it wasn't until she pulled the keys out of the purse that i was like okay because i actually believed for a second that she had been hypnotized into doing this stuff. Like oh, I okay. thought, mm-hmm. even when they they pulled the box out and there was all these photos, I thought because of her performance on the staircase, I, she was like, I thought she really was like. It didn't look like she was acting acting as a character. It looked like she was literally frightened and scared, and she didn't know where the keys were. And then when she switches, it's so scary. Like that was the scariest moment of the movie for me. Mm-hmm. When she she pulls the keys out and she goes, "Now you know I can't give you the keys, babe." That was like totally fucking freaky and scary to me yeah um and and also just on on allison williams performance the other creepy part of this movie like the part that gives me chills thinking about is when he's choking her on the street she starts smiling yeah she's like she's like into it yeah that was weird she's in that that really got me also i like how uh, after that she yeah she's she like all of a sudden turns into like a um Hannibal Lecter type character, like wearing all white with her hair completely back and eating Fruit Loops. <laughs> like, yeah, eating individual Fruit Loops, yeah. drinking milk, and listening to. Uh, well, I, uh, didn't, I don't remember what it was. Um, it was um, fucking dirty dancing. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it was like the, here's the most whitest thing ever. While just... while searching uh, uh, NCAA basketball mm-hmm. prospects. <laughs> And like that was so. And you talked about it, Mitch. This kind of like different racism of like either wanting to be black or being obsessed with blackness. And like, mm-hmm. I mean, it is. It was really uncomfortable. There's the only other word for it. Yeah. Is like the extent that Jordan people Peel went to showing that, uh, and it mostly in that Google search and in which it was actually Bing. Did you guys notice the Microsoft product placement in this movie? I didn't. Just out of the, out of the out of this world. There's like 18 different surfaces, and they every there's like three different Bing searches. It's pretty funny. Oh, I didn't notice. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I don't. know. I mean, the the auction scene, which is like straight up slavery, like, mm-hmm. ugh, really, really fucked yeah. up. <laughs> like, I really like. No other... I really like Stephen Root's performance in this as the oh, bl- yeah, the blind guy. He was great. I love that. I love him. He's such a good actor. Hmm. The 
I I can't remember if it came out right after, um, but there was a study by some college, I think it was a college that like said, um, how I and I'm gonna misquote like these that numbers, but however however many like a percentage of people viewed um, black people as stronger, more athletic, and their, and, and, their and, genetic makeup. Yeah, yeah, as he says yeah, and the. I, I don't know if they did that study based on the movie or if they kind of came out at the same time, but it was like so interesting that those th- these two things were out there at the same time, and it was mm-hmm. like the movie's mm-hmm. like directly addressing that study. Yeah. Hmm. Crazy. I really like. Um, I'm reading this like quote by um, this uh, reviewer uh, from the Guardian. It's very. It, it, like what we were saying it's very different type of racism it's very interesting it's um if you don't mind me reading it, it's a little long but he says the villains here aren't southern rednecks or neo-nazi skinheads or the so-called rebranded white nationalism they're middle-class white liberals which i'd argue they were upper class white liberals um the kind of people who read this website the kind of people who shop at trader joe's donate to the aclu and would have voted for obama a third time if they could good people nice people your parents probably the thing get out does so well and the thing that will rankle with some vi- with some viewers is to show how, however unintentionally, these pe- these same people can make life so hard and uncomfortable for black people. It exposes a liberal ignorance and hubris that has been allowed to fester. It's an attitude and arrogance which in the film leads to a horrific final solution, but in reality leads to a complacency that is just as dangerous. And I really like that's that. pretty spot on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. very it's good. Yeah, very good. Smarter than me, um, I, I had Lanre Bacare. <laughs> yeah, I had one. I mean, this may be overreaching into the the ex, extent of uh, overanalyzation you might find in film school, but I thought it was interesting that um, the weapon in this movie is the camera phone. Uh, oh. I thought that was really cool. I think because you know, kind of this not not like I don't know what to call like post post-race racism uh but this this kind of you know black lives matter movement has come and and all this uh more recognition recognition of police brutality and it still exists has all a lot to do with the fact that everyone has a camera in their pocket and there's proof of it and people show it to people Hmm. and people use that that device in their pocket to uh protect their civil rights in in many ways uh so i thought it was interesting intentional or not that that was the device in this movie that uh saves him that is interesting i didn't put that together i don't know if that was intentional or not but it can be construed that way yeah um and and just kind of speaking of on that note of of just civil rights and and there's the scene with the cop in the beginning of the movie uh that obviously is uh relevant today to, to a lot of the issues that are going on in the American, in all American cities and communities, um, what do you guys think of the end? Right, you have this ending where he he quote unquote wins because he kills everyone or he leaves Allison Williams to die, and then the police car pulls up and it's actually his friend from the TSA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, did you guys? Which is you know in a way I guess in the, if, there, if this movie could end in a happy ending, that is that it's kind of a happy ending because he gets away and he's safe and whatever. Did you guys like the ending? Were you surprised by it? I mean, I think it's kind of a big point to talk about i i love the ending uh when i saw those 
police lights like flash. I go, oh fuck! Like even though he's killed everyone, he's gonna police lose. are gonna shoot him. He's gonna lose. <laughs> yeah, His police are gonna come up and see this dead white girl and a family full of dead white people. Yeah, and then, a burned down oh, house. Shit. Yeah, I, I kind of thought the same thing. But then when it, the door opened, you saw it was TSA. I was like, oh thank god. But even then, I was still like, fucking get out of here. I expected when they were sitting in the car for a bullet to come flying through <laughs> the window. Because he left the rifle sitting next to uh, Allison Williams' character. Mm-hmm. But I was so uneasy like during that whole thing. I was like, it's not over yet. Like, Just get drive away as quickly as possible, you know? Um, so, but, but Colin, like so you're like, were you like relieved about the happy ending? And were you, like, were you socially satisfied with the happy ending? I yeah. guess this is more my question. Yeah, I mean, it was, it is you know as weird as it is it's very satisfying to watch him take down this family like as brutal oh, no, I, yeah i agree I think it's, it's like super satisfying. satisfying right mm-hmm. it's very it's cathartic yeah um I, there is a point i mean there's no question in my mind and so jordan peele does a great job with the script uh with setting up elements in the beginning of the movie and then yeah. they all come back to play into the to the end of the movie and like all of them every little bit Except for this cop that stops him on the road, and it's it's interesting, and this is why I think Hitchcock would be really proud of this movie. Red uh, not proud, but he would be happy. He'd be he'd be he would love this movie mm-hmm. because th- like that is so genius. You set up this idea that there's a cop out there who has met Chris and hates Chris because of that moment, mm-hmm. and then at the end of the movie, you have this this cop car pull up, and that is so fucking genius. Because you, everyone in the theater had that moment where, like, oh my god, it's the cop from the earlier in the movie. And uh, I think part of me wanted to, to kind of be really fucking depressing, and he does get arrested or shot, or you know what I mean, like to really. But I do agree. Like, I think it's it's good that he got away. Like that that means more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. He was the red herring character, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, I. I like that opening scene too because not it's not that it's like really in the opening, but it it sets up for Allison Williams' character and her. You think at first that she doesn't want him to show this ID to like try to be like no you don't need to, but you realize then it's because she doesn't want a trail of this guy yeah. being out Kinda, there. Kinda, yeah, yeah. It's 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 very smart. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing with and the it, deer too. Like I thought was just really know, smart. The the deer scene is my only question mark in the movie. I wasn't sure what it was trying to say at all. Um, to to me, it was showed that it's it was an early sign, and I only you know, thought about this looking back at it. Early sign that Chris's character has empathy. It was whereas I keep wanting to call her Marnie because that's her name. Rose, but um, um, Allison Williams' character couldn't care less about this deer that's like crying on the side of the road. Mm, maybe. But there are like well, flashbacks also, to it in the, during the like hypnosis scenes and stuff. Right. Well, it's a it's a parallel to him not calling like like his mom dying by the side of the road. Yeah. Which um, they revisit again. Yeah. And I also think that there's some there's some truth to like not truth, but I think you know that you got that scene where Bradley Whitford is like, yeah, you know, one dead deer is no big deal to me. Um if you yeah. ask me, they're just kind of ruining the they're ruining the ecosystem. Yeah, which I couldn't tell if that was I, like I, meant to I say anything I, or if it was just as a, like a, a dad being a joke, you know, being a joker. I, yeah, but I think that there's this theme of like 
you know, like there goes the neighborhood, right? The deer in town. Mm-hmm. Like I think that that's there's I don't know. Like like we're being overrun. So if if you ask me, one dead deer on the side of the right. road is not a big deal. I, there's just, I just think there's symbolism there. And like then, there's a there's supposed to be. Yeah, and like then, you say, Colin. Like 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 Bradley Whitford's character doesn't have empathy. Chris does. Yeah, and, and then like Chris uses the the mounted deer head to kill. <laughs> The dad. Yes. Which, which I thought was really great. Yeah. Hmm. The only yeah. part that confused me, um, and not really, I just, but like, so they have these white people who's died and they're getting, or, or not died, but they're putting, they're dying or getting old. Yeah. But they're putting their brain inside. <clears throat> another person's body mm-hmm. very ghost in the shell um <laughs> but um why would the the why would the family want their grandma and grandpa like relegated to like house workers why couldn't they just be like there uh, like why, why um, did they have I, to I make grandma just I, I, like I, I, do the dishes? Like maybe it was just a I facade think, for like people who come in, but maybe they were actually acted like grandma and grandpa when. It, yeah, it could be uh, a facade, or I think it's. I think maybe it's like the surgery doesn't really work like the way they wanted to. <laughs> like it, mm-hmm. like they're yeah. just kind of there. They're not really. Yeah, because they seem so conscious. brain dead. They, yeah, you know. I think they're kind of like not fully there. Yeah, which um, the, one of the most tragic parts was when when he flashes the the groundskeeper character who turns out to be the grandpa and like he wakes up you know kind of wakes up and stands up and and he's like take he's like no let me do it and he he like grabs the rifle from allison williams and then just shoots her and then kills himself which is like really tragic because it's like how many years has he been in that body right in the sunken place which i loved those scenes like the trippiness of the sunken place and like falling down in that little tv you know little screen or whatever Mm -hmm. very cool yeah i mean it doesn't it goes to show that you don't have to be expensive to be impressive Mm -hmm. and and just really clever how you know just when he's tied into that tied in that room really clever how he gets out of it and yeah which there were some i i put it together like which were very interesting um and i don't know tell me if i'm completely off base here but uh he picks the cotton out of the armrest to save himself (laughs) and i don't know if that was like intentional or not well that's interesting yeah i don't know if like but then i thought like how was he able to get that into his ears with his yeah i thought about that and honestly i think that's a bit of a plot hole i wait wait, because if he could get down that low then he could bite it get and and yeah, yeah right Right, but I guess that wouldn't be as fun. So, I mean, you kind of let that go, but I also—that's a bit of a plot hole. I really, because <laughs> also, aren't they watching him? Like, no one noticed that. That would take a long time if you could reach your ear down to your hand strapped to a, a couch. Yeah, I, I mean, know. you'd be a struggle to fill your ear with cotton. Yeah, uh, maybe. I don't know. It's a it's a bit of a plot hole, but I I, I let it go. Like I, because it's interesting enough. 
I don't, I don't remember I don't, if his chest was tied down or not. Didn't I don't think it was. So. It wasn't. But again, like you're saying, if he can reach down, why doesn't he try to bite through his restraints or, or something? It, I mean, it was, like, a, it was a belt, so he could have easily like pulled it just out. Just pulled it and, off, and yeah. Then, you know, ripped it out of its little latch. Yeah. yeah, Kill, you're not here to see this, but like it's really fun watching Mitch sitting in the chair trying to I'm I'm trying to re- <laughs> recreate it. So like it's, it's really great. <laughs> I, I think it's doable. Hold on. I I'm going to go get a belt. We're going to tie Mitch to the chair. <laughs> I think it's doable. I don't know. Times like these where I I I, I wish we were back in my bedroom. <laughs> With belts and tying yeah. people up. Yeah. 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 Those were good times. Good times. <laughs> No air conditioning, really sweaty. Yep. Um, no room. <laughs> uh, any other thoughts on Get Out, guys? I loved it. I really did love it. I, I like yeah. my adrenaline was pumping throughout the whole thing. And, oh, me too. And afterwards, just being um, still like, you know, going home, I was still like shaking and like trying to like process everything, and then I just had to go and tell people to see it uh, mm. like I even told my parents I was like I think you guys would actually really like it like I, I just think it's not a horror movie it's not it's not um, it's just a really fun thriller with like things to say and interesting mm-hmm. and yeah just a lot of fun yeah I mean the fact that like <clears throat> we've all seen it at various points throughout the past two months and we can still come together and like, have a discussion about it and like engaging discussion about it like is like just speaks to like how long that this can be around and how you know much there is to say in this movie yeah yeah i mean this is going to resonate with me for a long time yeah so do you think that this has the potential to get nominations like screenplay or i think it i think it does i think there's enough hype surrounding it that it could make its way into the oscar race like toward the end i I, I think it should i mean i guess i would defer to you guys you probably know better than me but i i'm terrible at predicting these things but i think obviously i just think that it's release date's not gonna help it yeah that's the only thing Um, if the studio is gonna put a push behind it come award season then yeah it very well could be but it's just, if the studio wants to fund that or not, right. that's going to be what it comes down to. I think, well, yeah, I think if anything, it's best shot or it's best shot at winning anything would be original screenplay. I mean, you know, yeah, we, we talk I mean, about, I mean, we talk about how like you, you say it yourself that, Oh, for me, an original screenplay is something that is inventive and like interesting. So like you were all about the lobster, you were all about, um, you know other interesting film like interesting out of the box films and now this is it like this is the i mean really interesting new film out and uh yeah yeah but you're preaching to the choir i mean i think this is yeah this is a per this is an a plus script Mm -hmm. um there's like it's it's perfect i mean it does everything a suspense movie should do in in terms of screenwriting Mm -hmm. um so yeah, I mean, I'm all about it. I just, I wish it would. I don't know if it will though. Um, I mean, I'm more interested just to see where this takes Jordan Peele, who apparently has always been interested in horror, um, but really just kind of got started in, in comedy. And uh, I don't know. I just, I, it'll be interesting to see where what's next for him. I mean, really, he was already a big deal before this, like already a big selling point for films. 
Mm-hmm. And now, uh, now he's got one of the best critically rated films of the year. The first black writer director to cross the hundred million mark right. in the box office. And that too, which I find so, fucking amazing. Oh. Like, yeah, it's crazy. But I just, it's uh, he can have whatever he wants now. I mean, I, I think people, he's got the chops to direct, and he's certainly got the chops to write. Um, I'll just it'll be interesting to see what happens to, with his career. I mean, it's going to be fascinating. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the uh, the franchisee the franchise movies are coming after him, no doubt. Possible. It doesn't seem like someone who would do that, though. But I don't know. Yeah, I hope not. Um, well, yeah. Well, Should we, we all recommend this? Yeah, totally. Absolutely. We we talk yeah. about how comedians can direct and write anything, pretty much. Like it's so much harder to do comedy than it is to do right. drama, where you can't. You can't picture someone like David Fincher directing a comedy, but you can picture someone no. like Jordan Peele doing a drama. Um, right. And I think that just show maybe it will show that like, oh, comedians should be hired to do more f- dramas and horrors and stuff because they, they make for more interesting films. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm, I loved it. I love this movie. Me too. One of my favorites I do, of the year. Mm-hmm. I do want to... I got I got a... Uh, name drop having worked with Bradley Whitford and there is a Detroit connection here because Bradley Whitford did play Mitch album in a movie I worked on called have a little faith uh-huh. and uh, and uh, He is the funniest guy ever on set. I'm telling you Bradley Whitford is awesome And I'm really glad that he was in this role and he was perfect in this role and uh, I think he's one of those guys who continues to kind of go underrated. I mean, I know he's known for like Billy Madison and West Wing, but he's a fantastic actor. And, and it comes back to what you're saying, Mitch. Like, he's really a comedic actor at heart and with his skill set. But he, even in the West Wing and especially in this movie, can take those skills used for typically used for comedy and really make them, in this case, frightening. And I think he's just a fantastic actor. And, uh, mm-hmm. Wish he'd get some more opportunities in bigger movies like yeah. this. He was in All the Way last year. We re-reviewed. That's right. He was in All the Way as well. He's Hubert really, Humphrey. he's really good in um, Transparent season one. Mm-hmm. He's in that. Yeah, he's really nice. Good. He's in Drunk History as Williams Je- William Jennings Bryan. Nice. He's in. He's Shanks. great. He's in. He was on the Sarah Silverman program. Yeah, he has been in a lot of comedies. Right. Good, really, he's just really fucking. He funny. he was really funny, and, and Billy Madison, of course. He's amazing, uh, Billy Madison. <laughs> the picture on Wikipedia is like, seem it's over ten years old, but it looks like it was taken in the nineties. Um, but yeah, he's he's great. Um, he was very good in this. Very unsettling. Very good. Unsettling at times. Oh yeah. Um. All right. Well, that's get out and Beauty and the beast. Um. Should we get to some recommendations and finish up? Sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, Colin, what are you recommending this week? First of all, I have a, a story about these recommendations for you, Kale. Uh-oh. Um, I, so we, we got a, a new employee at work. Not new anymore, really. She's been there maybe like two months. But we got in the discussion of the podcast. And so she was like, oh, I like to listen to it. So uh, she listened to, I think, just three random episodes she was telling me. Uh, like, just... A random three. I think it was like the Wards episode, Moonlight, 
and I forget what the other one was. Oh, I think the Wards episodes are best episodes <laughs> with all those. Great I, I've actually got I've, people have told me they really liked, especially this year's Wards episodes. Yeah, Just saying, I, I got a lot of because of all my, my great audio drops. <laughs> yeah, but um, so shout out to Amanda for um going and listening to the episodes, and if you're listening right now, shout out to you too. But she goes, there's one guy on there who. The three episodes I listened to, he recommended the OC. <laughs> Every so time. all three episodes, you recommended the OC. That's all I've been watching. I can't stop. I watched it last night. I can't stop. There it's hasn't so been bad. this many episodes of the OC. Watching. How are you still watching it? Just keeps rewatching it. It's got rewatchability. Yeah, Amanda? Is that what you said? Yeah. Amanda, if you're listening, um, that's my that's my recommendation for you. <laughs> watch the it's on Hulu. Go watch it. You might learn something about yourself. Um, because I did. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Anyways, Colin, what are you really recommending? My real recommendation. Um, so RuPaul's Drag Race came back, the best show on TV. Um, but that's, um, I think you can watch seasons four, five, and six on. Amazon, but that's not my real recommendation. My real recommendation would be in theme of RuPaul's Drag Race would be the documentary Paris is Burning, which is a documentary that takes place in the late 80s, I want to say, and chronicles the underground ball scene in New York. Not like testicles, but like (laughs) balls as in like it was these competitions with uh, gay men and women and drag queens where who would be like the best like performer and it's where we're like voguing like came like came, became a thing mm-hmm. before Madonna mm-hmm. did not voguing um, did not voguing <laughs> voguing in Paris is burning is way different <laughs> um, but it, it's it's really fascinating um, um to get this underground culture and it's it's really interesting to see how underground and like unacceptable it was and now to take it to 2017 where RuPaul's Drag Race is an Emmy winning um, reality show and it's on now on VH1 this year and the first episode had over a million views in it which is you know crazy yeah it's when huge for a reality show not on a major network about yeah gay men and drag queens like mm-hmm. it's it's really interesting to see how far it comes but paris is burning is really funny and really really fascinating what's that on that is on netflix okay um I'll, I'll go so for me uh, i kind of have two recommendations so friday night which we're recording on a sunday two nights ago at the fox theater they had the last waltz 40th anniversary concert and mm-hmm. um, so obviously not everyone was there. Uh, Neil Young, Bob Dylan, Lee Van Helm obviously has died. Um, they weren't all there. Neil Neil Diamond wasn't there. Van Morrison wasn't there. But it had like Warren Haynes and a bunch. Uh, Dr. John was there, if you know him. Um, and a bunch of other great musicians who were at the concert that was recorded um, and filmed by Martin Scorsese, his first uh, concert doc- documentary, concert film. Great, great concert film. I recommend that. Um, it's the last waltz. Yeah, um, it's awesome. It's fucking awesome. Um, every, yeah, it's a beautiful film and there's these great, uh, 
cut twos of like interviews of the band, which that's what the, the film is about. The, their their last concert together, which I don't think it actually was. I think they got back together in the eighties for a short yeah. period of time. Um, but it was it was uh, it's a great film, and I totally recommend it. It's on Amazon Prime or Amazon Video. Um, my second recommendation, and it was a great concert, by the way. I, surprisingly, not filled. Couldn't fill the Fox for that. It was maybe like two thirds filled. Um, still amazing. And my second recommendation: um, the season finale is tonight, Sunday, um, of Crashing, which is P. Holmes' show, comedy show on mm-hmm. um, on HBO, and it's about his life as a stand-up coming up in New York and how it starts. Basically, he was like a very evangelical Christian who was getting into comedy and married and he catches his wife cheating on him um, in the act, uh, like sleeping with another guy in their house and uh, how that just kind of is the catalyst for his his new life as a comedian. Like he needs to go 100 percent at it. And it's very it was very, um, very it's touching and very funny and kind of depressing at times but it, it was good there's eight episodes so it's almost the season's already almost done but it got picked up for a second one i highly recommend crashing 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 um i'm gonna recommend uh you guys watching legion no no um it's on hulu it's an fx show uh i think the season is over i'm still catching up i'm about halfway through um, it's a extremely just interesting show. It's one of those shows where halfway through, I'm not sure if it's, I'm not sure how good it is yet. I'm kind of have to see how it resolves, but it is definitely one of those shows that you watch and you go, I can't believe this is happening on TV. I mean, it does not look cheap. It looks extremely, uh, there's a, a large amount of dedication, time and money that clearly went into this. And it's, it's, it is original. I really, really rarely ever say that about anything, but there is a uniqueness to Legion that I, it's rare to find, especially in the genre of, I guess, superheroes. I mean, it's X-Men related, but it's not really. Um, so I definitely recommend Legion. It is, um, of course, starring Beast himself and probably future Bond villain Dan Stevens. Um, he's really great in the show. I mean, he really doesn't, in Beauty and the Beast, I mean, he doesn't really do much, to be honest, but... In in uh, Legion, I mean, the, it, this is an Emmy worthy performance. He's really great in it. So, uh, I am recommending Legion. That's on Hulu and by FX. Cool, cool. All right. Well, um, that's it for us. Look at us jam packed to our episode with two different mm-hmm. movies. We 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 did some catching up, and I'm glad we we could do it. We're gonna try to we're gonna try to get into a normal schedule now that I'm kind of settled in LA. So I think we will. Cool. Um, cool. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, recommendations, death threats, hit us up at woodwardsfilmcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at woodwardsdt or I'm at Twitter at Kale Davidoff. Uh, Mitch, you do Twitter, right? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, at Twitter at Mitch Haba, M I T C H A J B A. So. Um, and if you want to tweet to Colin, tweet me at Kale Davidoff. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> CW something? I don't know. He doesn't tweet. <laughs> For Colin and Mitch, I'm Kale. This has been the Woodward's Filmcast. We'll see you next, maybe not next week because it's, it's Easter. Who really knows? I'm going to be in Michigan. Um, <gasps> oh, but, you can finally uh, give me my witch back. Yeah, and my OSS. Yeah, I, I will actually because I'm going to be cleaning out my okay. house in Ferndale. Cool. Saying, saying goodbye to it. Oh. All right. Well, I will. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week or, or after that. All right. Talk to you. See ya. Bye, guys. Right, peace. Bye. Bye. 
our guest be our guest put ourselves to the test tie your napkin round your neck sherry and we'll provide the rest soup to show hot or dove why we only live to serve try the gray stuff it's delicious don't believe me ask the dishes